That was a new one. Uh. Uh-huh. 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 day and good evening and good night good night welcome to the insomnia report episode number 41 41 wow wow we're over the hill we made it yeah it's it's weird we're like almost at the one year oh my gosh yeah Ooh. when did we start october mm-hmm. first week of october wow 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 <laughs> If this is your first time listening, welcome. If you have listened before, welcome back. We're so happy you're here. Thanks for listening. We got a spooky ooky round of tales for you today. Yeah, paranormal episode. So get out your cleansing uh, herbs and holy water. Your healing crystals. And your sage. Yeah. I'm also confirming our doors are locked. Thank you. I'm Margo. And I'm Elizabeth. We are the two friends and roommates from Chicago that like to talk about the things that keep us up at night. I will go ahead and do the thing we do. I'll light the candle. Would you like to tell me about your week? What has kept you up? Well, um, I thought about it beforehand this time. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> and by beforehand, I mean five minutes before we started. I mean, hey, it's still before. It's, it's um, not the, well. <laughs> yeah. Um, hmm. I, I had something. Uh, well, at, at least something kept me up last night, and it was that we watched an episode of Ghost Adventures. We did. And it included the psychic slash Satanist uh what was his name richard ricky dicky <laughs> he was very eclectic he was uh, quite the character he was yeah um his name is richard lale lillard and they essentially investigated his house in pasadena we talked about instagram he doesn't live in pasadena but i stayed up way too late just like going through his instagram i think we both did yeah very interesting very interesting incredibly interesting Mm -hmm. um and not in a disrespectful way we we both i love his energy yeah i i I love it just a lot yeah it's a lot um but i admire his commitment to the aesthetic that he has going and yeah if you were to envision what a haunted house would look like inside and out though it's that. Whatever you're mm-hmm. thinking, it was that. A hundred percent. Yeah. Very, very well curated. I didn't like, I mean, there's some things I did not like, but I did not like his bedroom because he had like a bear on his oh, bed yeah. and he had like a bunch yeah. of demon masks. I mean, you know, like, I don't know. I mean, there's the juju. Satanist. You're right. You know, it's, 
it is what it is, I guess. Ease ways. Um, but he also used to be a celebrity impersonator, most notably performing as Freddie Mercury. Mm-hmm. Or Willy Wonka. He mm-hmm. did a very good Freddie Mercury, I must say. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's what kept me up last night because <laughs> I got really invested in this guy's life slash Instagram page. So kudos, kudos to you, Richard. Ricky um, for being yourself. Interesting. Yeah. Being yeah. yourself. Yeah. There you go. Being yourself. Nice. What about you? Well, I have razor burn on my armpit and that's Aww. very uncomfortable and that's never happened before. Oh, weird. So I don't know. Ouch. Anyway, it's just my armpits are already sensitive. I don't know why I'm talking about my armpits, but I have to <laughs> use like a sensitive deodorant. Mm hmm. And it's just like, it's uncomfy. I'm like, mm. ow, why? Like my razor's new. Huh. I use, I don't know, whatever. It's fine. That's, I guess, not very interesting. I felt like there was something else I wanted to say. But we're both traveling in the next week. So it's been busy. Yeah. My boss is out of the office this week. So that's been kind of stressful, man, in the fort. Because mm. whenever I have a question, I'm like, I just got to hail Mary it. I'm like, yeah, it's a big test. But at the same time, I'm like, I was on a client call today and they asked me a question and I knew the answer, but for whatever reason, I was articulating it like I was a kid not paying attention in class and was called on by a teacher. And I was like, so, I mean, okay, so essentially what this amendment means, well, okay, so, I mean, there's a document that was sent to you on on Friday, but then I sent you a revised version. It was just so complicated and I was just like, I'm going to... I'm like, can you unplug the internet for me? So I just disappear. I mean, it was fine. It was okay. But I was, I'm sure it wasn't that bad, but it felt like I was just like, (laughs) without my boss, I fall apart. No, I don't. I was fine. But yeah, it's, it's a little stressful. It's like my first time being like totally solo. Mm. And I mean, she's taken days off here and there, but the whole week. Yeah. It's different. But it's fine. I'm I'm doing okay. Knock on wood. But anyway. Well, good. I got razor burn and anxiety, but what else is new? <laughs> Typical Tuesday. <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> I'm right. We will both be out of town next week, so next week we will be on hiatus. We're so sorry. We will make it up to all of you, we promise. Yeah, our next episode is just going to be extra good. I guess. I guess. Or we can release like two in a week if we're feeling real ambitious. TBD. Yeah. I don't want to I mean, promise anything. I think, you know, I think. We're doing our best. So, yeah, we're doing. This is the first hiatus we've taken. Which is pretty good for 41 episodes. Yeah. That's 41 weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well. I think y'all will live. If not, we will talk about it through a spirit box. We will talk to you. About, yeah. Anyway, I don't know. Just email us if you're really mad, but. Yeah, don't go to iTunes. You can email us first. And yeah. if we don't resolve your issue, then okay. Yeah, we apologize for the inconvenience. We're sorry. The person you have tried to... <laughs> We've been trying to reach you about your car's <laughs> extended warranty. Uh, anyway, so sorry, guys. We... We've been busy, so we couldn't record more than one episode yeah, this week. Okay. We apologize. Very sorry. That was really good. That was beautiful. That was some good sound, too. That was really good. I must say. Would you like to tell me a spooky tale? Yeah. 
Also, you know what? I don't think we have to apologize for being on hiatus because we're doing our best. Exactly. That's doing what I tell best. myself every day. Yeah. I'm right. smart. I'm funny. And gosh darn it, people like me or whatever the phrase is. I don't know. I don't have like a clever intro for this one. Uh, but Lay it on me. I can try to banter. I'm going to talk about a couple of different ghost towns. Okay. Uh, like in the Wild West? Uh, no, one's oh. in Connecticut and the other one's okay in Alabama. Okay, yeehaw! Um, no, um, <laughs> is it like a actual like abandoned town, or is it yeah. like oh, it's a ghost town because we're a town of ghosts? Like, welcome to Halloween like, Town Three. <laughs> <laughs> Both. <laughs> okay, Both. Halloween Town. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, proceed. I'm so sorry. <laughs> okay. Ghost Town. We're going to go to Dudley Town, Connecticut. Dudley. It was named after the beloved Harry Potter character, Dudley Dursley. No, it wasn't. Just Uh, kidding. You could have gone with that and I would have been like, no way. I could have made up like the entire rest. Okay, we're going to start over. (laughs) It was named after the beloved Harry Potter character, Dudley Dursley. No way. And... Yeah, everyone in the town just loved him so much. He was their role model, and they decided to officially dedicate it to him, despite being fictional and a muggle and not very nice. But they saw something in him, and they felt this was the right move. Okay, well, we also have, like, you know, Columbus, and, you know, like, we have towns named after a bunch of people that are actually not very nice and also muggles, I'm sure. Hopefully. I'm pretty sure, like, all of our founding fathers are muggles, but I Mm. could be wrong. I would agree. Mm. I would agree with you there. It's too bad. It's a shame. Well, yeah. You know, even wizards are bad people, too. That's true. You know? That's true. Does not discriminate. Okay. Well, so this town was founded in the 1740s, um, but it was never an official town, Hmm. as it's technically part of Cornwall, Connecticut which today is a very small town, population 1,400. So you're going to say 14. I'm like, wow, are they all like cousins? <laughs> if, if so, it, yeah, if it was 14, they probably would be. Mm. Someone told me about this and like told me I should cover this and I don't remember who it was. Oh, so if well, you're thank listening, you. thank you and I apologize. Let me know who, who this was. We'll give you credit if you're listening. next yeah, time. Because I, I don't remember. All right. So Dudley Town is in the middle of a forest Ooh. called the Dark Entry Forest. Who named that? I think, I don't know. I kind of want to give them a high five, but also want to be like, how dare you? Because I would probably I get lost there. It's very ominous. Mm-hmm. The first European settlers there were these people named, named Thomas Griffiths, Gideon Dudley, Barzillai Dudley, Abiel Dudley, and Martin Dudley. So they were all related, as you can probably imagine. Yep. So they got rid of the forest and tried to establish a farm, but the land wasn't very good for farming. Mm. It was on top of a really steep hill, and the growing season was pretty short, so it wasn't like the ideal farming place sure dudley town was also known for its timber 
because it was used to make coal for the iron furnaces nearby. Okay. They had a thriving iron industry there. And, but in the late 1800s, people started to leave the town because, well, yeah, one, the farming wasn't that great. And the Midwest was sort of opening up as like a new place for settlement. This place is so flat. <laughs> we can do a lot of farming here. Exactly. They're like, oh, yeah, the dirt there is good. Oh, that's a good dirt. <laughs> that's a good dirt. <laughs> so they left and uh, the iron industry was kind of winding down. Bad so deadly. Everyone pretty much left. And then in the early 1900s, I think in the 20s, most of the area was bought by an association called the Dark Entry Forest Association, which you can imagine is dedicated to the forest. And they planted thousands of trees there to kind of like reclaim the land and bring back the forest. That's cool. I have a question. Yeah. What's the difference between a woods and a forest? (laughs) I don't know. I feel like a forest is bigger. A forest, according to Webster's Dictionary, is a thick growth of trees and underbrush covering an extensive tract of land. A wood is defined as a thick grove of trees. So I think it's smaller and not necessarily like... Overgrown to... Um, forests have a thicker canopy cover. I see. Woods have sparser tree density. Okay. And yeah. Okay. Fair enough. enough proceed in medieval times final (laughs) fact a forest was a plot of land big enough to preserve large game for royal hunting parties hey the boar's head exactly okay i learned something today there we go so yeah the dark entry forest association planted a bunch of trees and then it kind of turned into a wreck area people went skiing and canoeing and they had like a horseback camp and stuff like that kids would play there and stuff nice so it was like a summer camp yeah cool mm-hmm. is oh. the summer camp haunted well so here's here's the the ominous nature of this town so there's a rumor that the dudley family when they came from england their father daddy <laughs> their father edmund dudley was involved in a plot to overthrow King Henry VIII. No way. And he was beheaded. Oh, shit. Yeah. And uh, so because of this, they were then cursed. And the curse apparently said that all of the Dudley descendants would be surrounded by horror and death. Okay, you would think the Dudleys would put a curse instead of... Like, King Henry put in a curse on Dudley. Yeah, I can see that, but, like, I don't know. I, King Henry okay. was like, you tried to overthrow me. Like, like ex- don't you know who I am? Right. So then the whole family started to experience really unfortunate things, bad luck, etc. The legend continues that Edmund Dudley's son, John also kind of went for it. They were all looking for power, I guess. And um, so John Dudley had a son, Guilford. Guilford. And he was supposed to marry Lady Jane Grey, who was in line for the throne. The Grey Lady. 
Yes. Mm-hmm. And then, so then she was queen, but she, then she was executed uh, along with two Dudleys. And then Guilford's brother, who was in France, went back to England, but he brought with him a plague <sighs> that wiped out thousands of people. Okay. You know, that is pretty bad luck, it's I will say. It's pretty bad luck. So then John Dudley had another son, Robert, Earl of Leicester. I don't know if that's how you say it. Sorry, British people. And then Robert decided to travel to the U.S. But then William was the one, his descendant, Robert's descendant, was the one who settled in Connecticut. And then his descendants were the ones who settled in the specific region near Cornwall that would become Dudley Town. Dudley Town. So, yeah. So, basically, they're supposed to be cursed with this awful bad luck curse. It, it sounds like a sitcom. It's like, welcome it to Dudley Town. It's like, we're all cursed. <laughs> <laughs> See what wacky things happen today. <laughs> da, 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 da. We're all gonna die. Who brought the plague? Uh, I brought the macaroni salad. <laughs> it wasn't me. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, That's I don't know good. why I'm That's so too weird. too good. Okay. One source I read said they also had a mythical book that was believed to open the gates of hell. Uh, Hocus Pocus? Uh, yeah, I feel like maybe they took it from that. Maybe, I, yeah. I don't know what this is about. But anyway... Strange stuff started happening in Dudley Town. The crops would fail. People had, like, weird injuries or um, afflictions, both mental and physical. Hmm. People would kill themselves. One person was struck by lightning on her porch. Dang it. Another one died when they were building a barn. So the one brother, Abiel, he died at the age of 90 in Dudley Town. But at the end, he was also kind of like he lost his mind and had to be become like a ward of the state. Mm. So the guy who died while raising a barn was this was Abiel Dudley's neighbor, Gershon Hollister. Okay. I, I don't know where these names are coming from. They're very um interesting mm-hmm. but anyway he was said to have seen strange creatures that came out of the woods at night uh tell me more what, what i don't did they have look any like? more information on this. well that could be anything like that could be a squirrel because <laughs> i was attacked by one when i took out the trash today oh yeah it could have been a strange creature could have been squirrel. i don't know like a bunch of ladies coming from like drinking in the woods or it could have been like sasquatch it could have been yeah there's a range of chupacabra i don't know in the early 1900s there was a resident named john patrick brophy and his wife died of consumption sad and then his two children vanished into the forest oh no and then his house burned to the ground and then he vanished into the forest okay so aliens yeah maybe bermuda triangle 
Well, no. It's a little far from there. I don't know. Pangea. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Plausible? Plausible? I don't think so. In the 40s, people began to see ghosts and tell ghost stories. They would see, like, apparitions in the woods. And people who go there today say they capture paranormal photographs. They experience overwhelming feelings of terror mysterious lights and sounds and have been touched pushed and scratched thank you by paranormal uh i don't know like unseen entities forces yes unseen forces some people call it a quote negative power spot mm. it's it's like a just a lot of bad juju there you know yeah like a really negative place with really negative energy in the 1970s, the Warrens went there and said oh. that it was demonically possessed. The town is demonically yes. possessed? Yes. Wow. I didn't know that could happen. Mm, I mean, either. Visitors have reported when they go there, like, a total absence of sound, a really eerie quiet. I don't like that. Yeah. And a really negative energy. Okay. So, since it was abandoned so long ago and reforested... Only the cellars and some stone foundations are remaining from the old settlement. And the roads are just narrow trails, essentially. However, there is a lot of evidence that refutes these claims. There was a publication of a book called The History of Cornwall in 1926 by a guy named Edward C. Starr. And he kind of, like, took Dudley Town and ran with it. Okay. He didn't say anything about ghosts specifically, but he talked a lot about stories of people who had really bad luck and called it the doom of Dudley Town. And before this publication, there were no ghost stories about the town. Ah. So people would kind of take what he wrote and continue making up stories about it sure so the cornwall history foundation has a website where they literally go through every single very specific claim that someone (laughs) has made about like ghosts or supernatural things in dudley town and refutes all of it so like okay the dudleys in england there's no evidence that they were related to the people named Dudley who actually lived there. Okay. So, like, the curse from Henry VIII, like, you know, not really a connection. Sure. Yeah, they pretty much said that although, you know, people did die there, someone was struck by lightning, things like that, stuff like that just happened. Right. You like, know, they yeah. didn't have lightning rods. People died a lot from diseases and... When they got old, they got kind of senile. So it's like, I mean, nothing natural, especially unusual. Yeah. It's just a a bad string of coincidences. I don't know. Yeah. And there are people who live there, um, descendants of the original members of the Dark Entry Forest Association. Hmm. And they claim there is no supernatural activity there. Okay. An important thing to note, though, is that no one should go there. Like, don't ever try to go there because they'll call the police on you and arrest you. That's a little suspicious, so It's though. private property. Well, they said that, like, ghost hunters and 
people kept coming in and vandalizing oh that's stuff not cool. and okay. like scaring them and like bothering them okay so it they it's very heavily enforced you'll get arrested so don't try to go there okay i thought you meant like they're like oh yeah no like this go is back the way you no. came or... yeah no like people okay. would like yeah spray okay. paint stuff and i don't get so stop like don't vandalize things i know right like don't be don't a, do that you ruin it for everyone don't be a dick don't be a dick okay we have one more it is in alabama so alabama different region i've never been to alabama i've always wanted to see it greenbow alabama <sighs> it's one of my favorite movies me too my name's forrest forrest gump mama said life is like a box of mm-hmm. chocolates you never know what you're gonna get today i'm dying forrest I'm dying, Forrest. <laughs> we was like peas and carrots. Good movie. I like it. Excellent. Recommend. Film. Very Excellent quotable. Film. All right, but we're not going to Greenbow. We're going to Old Cahaba, Cahaba, Alabama. If I said that wrong, I apologize. All right. So Cahaba was the state capital of Alabama from 1820 to 1825 before it moved to Tuscaloosa. It lies at the confluence of the Alabama and Cahaba rivers. And 4,000 years ago, the indigenous people of the area lived there. And it's possible that a Spanish explorer visited there in the 1500s. But the town was first established in 1819. So it was built on top of this Native American settlement as well. Mm. The governor, William Wyatt Bibb. William Wyatt Bibb. William Wyatt Bibb. He planned to build the first state house directly on top of a 300-year-old Indian mound. Sir. Sir. He he did not. Okay. But it was in the plans. It was in the plans. Mm. And also at that time, they were removing the Native Americans. So it's like kind of shows. Yeah. Kind of shows how they felt about that. It's mm. also very close to Selma, if you're trying to orient yourself here. And Is it like southern, northern, eastern, western, northeastern, southwest, northwest, <laughs> southeast, <laughs> underground, another planet? South Central. It's in South Central Alabama. See, I didn't guess any of those. I could have kept going. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, it was Alabama's first capital, and lots of people moved there because it was an important place. It was new. Yeah, it was new. They had their um, first legislative session at the state house there after it became a state in 1819. Hmm. And as I said, in 1826, the capital moved to Tuscaloosa and the wealthy white people who lived there eventually moved out as well. So the county itself and the area was actually a really wealthy area based on cotton and slavery. Mm. But during the Civil War... The Confederate Army seized the railroad tracks Mm. and moved them to Selma. 
and the railroad warehouse was converted into a, a prison for Union soldiers. Okay. So, yeah, without the railroad, they can't really be yeah. a hub anymore. Sure. And, um, yeah, it's estimated that 147 soldiers died in this prison. Jeez. And then in 1865, the town was flooded it was really bad flood so the county seat was moved to selma and as i said there was some white flight where the white residents left and moved to other nearby towns but it was a popular place for freed slaves after the war where they they settled there and it kind of became a hub or like a meeting place for um, freed people who were looking to join the political scene. Okay. It was called the Mecca of the Radical Republican Party, which as a reminder was the party of Lincoln. So uh, anti-slavery, I guess, sort of. The freed people there built churches and schools and had political rallies uh and that included jordan hatcher who was a former slave who helped rewrite uh, alabama's constitution after the war and farming became more popular there as well and so it it was kind of it was a bustling area but by 1900, most of the buildings in the town were gone. They burned or collapsed, and not very many people were left. Lots of people had had moved away, so only, like, fishermen lived there. And then most of the town was bought by a guy named Sam- Samuel Kirkpatrick, who was a Confederate veteran and he turned it into a farm and then that was abandoned in the 30s and then yeah it was pretty much abandoned until the 1980s when they started excavating the town for historical reasons so you can visit the town as an archaeological site it's free um (laughs) and Some of the things that remain are, you can see the layout of the original streets, you can see ruins of houses, uh, churches, uh, like I said, wells, lots of wells are there, and there's a specific wellhead with a face carved into it. Ew. Which is, it's it's actually not as creepy, it's just kind of cool looking. Okay. It's called the face well. <laughs> mm. um, it also has pieces of the foundation of the prison. That was the Union uh, soldier prison camp during the Civil War. Okay, so some violent things that happened there were... Here's one. On May 23rd, 1856, there was a shootout. Mm. It was with J.R. Bell and his two sons. They were fighting their extended family, this guy named Will E. Bird. 
Willie or Will Will E. e. Bird. Mm-hmm. Matthew Troy and Thomas Hunter. And they I don't know what the problem was, but they were shooting at each other right on Main Street. And J.R. and John Bell were shot dead. No. But the people who shot them were acquitted in court. And so on John's grave, one of the people who were killed, they wrote, No murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. Ooh. So you can go see that. It's in the new cemetery. They also have another cemetery called the Old Slave Burial Ground. So that's, yeah, where they would bury um, enslaved people. And it's believed that there are thousands of people buried there, although there aren't very many markers. No. And the last known burial in that cemetery was in 1957. Mm. When it comes to ghosts... So there was another disaster involving the soldiers in the prison there. So a bunch of the Union soldiers, when they were freed from this prison, they got on a boat called the Sultana in Vicksburg, Mississippi. And it was only built to hold 376 people, but... There were 2,000 people on board. Oh, you're going to need a bigger boat. Yeah, it was supposed to end up in Cairo, Illinois. Cairo? I've, I've heard it pronounced Cairo. Is it Southern Illinois? Yeah. My brother went but, there, and it's Cairo. Okay. Because they're the Seleucus, which is like the Egyptian dog. Oh, okay. Cairo. Cairo, Sorry. Illinois. Um, Sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. And, but... About eight miles outside Memphis, this is in 1865, the boilers exploded. Oh, no. And it caught fire, and 1,800 people died. Oh, no. It's the deadliest maritime disaster in U.S. history. Oh, no. So that's something that happened that could contribute to a haunting. I'd say. Groundskeepers at the New Cemetery have reported hearing voices. School groups who've gone there have recordings of unusual sounds. Ooh. And others say that they've captured unexplained lights or shadows in photographs. There's a house that remains called the Barker House. And, well, the house actually doesn't remain. So it was a mansion that was built in 1860 by this guy named Stephen Barker. And behind the house, there was a slave quarters. But it, the house burned down in 1935. Mm. And I'm not sure if it was rebuilt or if the slave quarters were refurbished. But one of the buildings still remains. And apparently it's pretty haunted. If you put a ball on the floor, it'll roll by itself. That could Even just be that un- the floor level. is okay. not uneven. Okay, like, never mind. I yeah. spoke too soon. And I don't know what this means, but investigators have said that they brought a stuffed animal and it appeared to communicate with something else in the room. But I don't know what that, like, if it, like, talked or something. The bear? 
yeah like if it you know how sometimes like you push a button and it talks like yeah i don't i don't know what that means or maybe it had like didn't they do that on ghost adventures where or it was destination fear where like the bear lit up or something right yeah yeah that's it so that's maybe it was like a spirit box bear yeah maybe spirit box bear by bill chapel <laughs> <laughs> um there's another ghost story about a guy named herbert herbert actually he was a young boy named herbert herbert he was visiting his grandfather in cahaba during the summer and he told his grandfather no no or no he told his brother that as he kind of gallivanted around town there was a guy named gat who watched over him i hate it and his brother said oh wow well Gat died before you were born. Uh, who's Gat? I don't know. <laughs> Some town resident, I guess. A townie. Ew. Yeah. Gat. <laughs> I don't like it. Another ghost story is there is there was this colonel named Colonel Christopher Claudius Pegwis. What? <laughs> I don't, I don't know, man. Christopher Claudius Pegwis. Yeah, I don't know if that's how you say his name. Peg, Pegu? Pegu? I don't know. Anyway, he was the leader of the 5th Alabama Regiment and died from wounds from the Battle of Seven Pines in 1862. Anyway, apparently he was from uh, Cahaba and a couple was walking behind his house that year actually before he died which doesn't really make much sense but anyway as they walked they saw a ball of light and the the article I read said sometimes called a will-o'-the-wisp hey I remember that yeah and they tried to touch it but they couldn't touch it and it would disappear and come back and it seemed like it followed them hmm and it was seen maybe as like a bad omen because he died soon after that the Mm, the guy i could see that so yeah it's it's been called the most haunted spot in alabama and they host a haunted history series every october which is the only time visitors are allowed there after dark okay and you do like a little paranormal investigation and get to see the graveyards and stuff so neato i think that would be pretty cool and that was kind of short but those are my ghost towns i like it for today thank you send a postcard you're welcome from beyond well don't die but okay thank you don't lie (laughs) all right will you tell me about a ghost all right what is something that when you were a kid, you like really wanted or you thought was like pretty cool? Mm. Like I feel like if you saw one of these, like you got excited for whatever reason or it might just be me. I don't know. I really liked those. This is so random. <laughs> you know, um, I don't know what they were called, but the thing where you like put it you attach it to your ankle and then you like a skip it a skip it yeah you know what's weird is i thought of that before you even said that i was what? like oh i don't gosh. know that was weird uh, esp yeah maybe <laughs> espn <laughs> sports okay well this story 
is like a cookie cutter paranormal. Okay. Like it's just a classic. It has like every element oh, wow. of it. Okay. As all paranormal stories go, Debbie and Alan Tallman moved into their dream home located in Horican, Wisconsin in 1987. Debbie said they loved it and they thought it would be the home that they would live in forever and grow old in. They had three children, one boy who was the oldest, and two girls. The kids' names remain anonymous throughout, Mm -hmm. so we don't know their names. Okay. So, Alan was a shift manager at a nearby manufacturing plant, and Debbie was a stay-at-home mom, so it was the classic American dream. Shortly after moving in, the kids suddenly got pretty sick, and they weren't sure if it was because the home was old and there was, you know, dust or mold or their bodies were, like, reacting negatively mm. to change. I don't know. But, but Debbie had recalled the kids didn't get sick often prior before moving in, so she was frequently going to the doctor's office, and it was it was weird. Like, mm. one day one of them would be feeling fine, and then all three of them would be feeling sick, so... I'm not sure if it was nausea or they would get fevers, but it was just unusual. Mm -hmm. One day, Debbie went thrifting. (laughs) Yes. And which is something that Elizabeth and I love. Yes. And she found a Dybbuk box. No, I'm kidding. Oh, Uh, my God. (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding. She found something that, as I was saying before, I think every kid wanted in their room growing up. She found bunk beds. Haunted bunk beds? Oh, you know what? Go on. Go on. <laughs> but I thought it was like something every kid wanted. Like, I want bunk beds. Or like if your friend had bunk beds and you like slept over at their house, oh, yeah. it was like so excited. And it's like, wow. I had bunk beds in college. They're not as cool as they sound. Well, when you're like older, it's like kind of annoying. Yeah. 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 I, I don't know. I always like to sleep on the bottom bunk just because... Mm. I don't know, but then I always had this irrational fear that it would, like, collapse on me, like, in Step Brothers. Anyway, so she got these bunk beds, and she's like, oh, my God, neato. Like, these will be perfect in the girls' room because they were sharing a, a room, and it was a good deal, so they took it home. So it wasn't until the first night the girls slept in the bunk bed that things around the home started getting even more sus. 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 I mean, yeah, it was the one thing about being sick, but I think you can kind of, I mean, sometimes you're just not used to the allergens in the new yeah, home or, you know, right. like, I don't know if it was someone hadn't lived there for a while or what have mm-hmm. you. So they kept playing on that, but it was never like discussed further. Anyway. Okay. So they bring the bunk home, beds home and it's, it's more than just getting a little snuffly. So their son liked to fall asleep with the radio playing, and one night Alan was tucking him in. I'm not sure if the son liked the radio for white noise or if he played like a classical station. I don't listen to the radio, Mm. so I don't know like if there's a sleep channel. I have no idea. I listen to a meditation app, so I guess it's, it's like the... Oh, this takes place in the 80s, by the way. Yeah. I said that already. I'm sorry. Okay. I forgot if I did. Okay, so he'd like to play the radio, and his dad tucked him in. He said goodnight, and when his dad left and turned off the lights, 
the dial on the radio started to turn no. on its own and it started to change the channels and the sun could actually see the red arrow indicating like what channel is on like moving back and forth oh my god so obviously that's terrifying so he ran into his parents room and i did that very often as a kid i think me too i actually drove my parents nuts but my mom always let me like come in and i did it every single night oh but like if my kid did that as a mom i'd be like no you're scaring me (laughs) 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 go back to bed you're scary (laughs) scary child um but he goes to his parents room and he's obviously shaken up and he goes dad the dial is moving like the radio was playing on its own like and he was very shaken up about it but classic suburban dad in a paranormal story he's like pish posh that doesn't happen like ghosts aren't real la 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 if you keep this up like i'm taking away the radio like you don't get to have the radio if you're gonna like freak out about it so this poor kid was spooked and his parents didn't believe him not long after that however alan was in the basement painting the walls and his wife said, honey, come up for dinner. So he placed the paintbrush aside and he went upstairs and he ate. I don't know what they had for dinner. They did not say. I feel like that would have been important. No, it wouldn't. Okay. So he came back down to finish painting and the paintbrush was not where it left it. He had left it. He put it on the tray on its side so the, brus- the bristles wouldn't get the bristles. They had Brussels sprouts for dinner. Uh, so the bristles wouldn't get ruined or the paint wouldn't get anywhere. He found it inside the paint can with the handle in the paint and the bristles sticking up and it was in the middle of the can. Oh my God. So he's like, oh, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember doing that. So he was like, maybe I was just distracted or maybe I was hungry. I don't know. <laughs> but I mean, he still would not accept the possibility that perhaps this is paranormal. He's like, no, that's just silly. Like, ghosts are not real. There's a logical explanation for everything. Mm-hmm. So there was another night. So he, he brushed it off and he, he got back. <laughs> oh, I didn't even. <laughs> hey, ha ha. Try the veal. He got back to work. Another night, Debbie was saying goodnight to her daughter's. And the youngest daughter said that she didn't want to go to bed because a witch liked to hide behind the door. No. Mm. No. And Debbie thought, oh, that's kind of weird. Like, you have such a wild imagination. And then she's like, no, mom. Like, sometimes the witch hovers over my bed and she has long black hair and her eyes are red and she goes okay good night <laughs> i'm like i'm sorry no absolutely not goodbye oh my god and about a month later the son actually started to say that he would wake up and there would be an old woman standing at his door no and like she obviously didn't talk to her son about it she was like hey do you see like an old demonic woman in the corner i'm just curious because tiffany is seeing that i just want to make oh sure that gosh. it's like so he started complaining about it so goodbye like absolutely not i don't know what i would do Mm-mm. her daughter would also describe the woman as having a glow and no not like oh my god you're pregnant congrats <laughs> but it was like 
Oh, she was glowing because she was surrounded by fire. Pits of hell. The pits of hell. <laughs> so it's like, oh, there's a woman that stands in the corner of my room when I try to go to bed, and she's surrounded by fire, and she stares at me. And it's Cute. like, oh, good night. It's a guardian angel. It's <laughs> fine. <laughs> but eventually, like, things just gradually got worse like they would hear doors creak or slam shut they would hear voices calling out to them when no one else was around they would hear voices in the walls Mm-mm. they would the lights would flicker you know classic like this is a true classic paranormal tale yeah another time they come home and one of their basement windows had been removed and propped against the wall, Mm-mm. but there was no sign of force entry. There was nothing broken and nothing stolen. So they're like, oh, I must have forgot to close the window. Oh, my gosh. Um, at this point, Debbie was like, okay, you know what? Like, maybe I should reach out to Jesus. <laughs> maybe. Like, I just I just want to like, tempt the help. idea. Right. Yeah. Uh, so they decide to call the church and their pastor uh, that they've known since they moved there, he stopped by. And the priest goes, as soon as he walked into the home, he was like, mm, don't like it. I, mm. I don't like the energy here. I, You know, the feng shui is off. <laughs> There's just really bad energy. It's really negative. So he said, without a doubt, there was something definitely negative. There was bad energy in the home. And he said... Alan, Debbie, I think this might be the work of the devil. Oh. So he said, quote, I speculate the entity to be of the occult or demonic realm, and I think my speculation is correct. Wow. That's what he said in the documentary I watched. And I was like, okay, go off. But uh, so he blessed the home and everything was fine. The end, no. For a day. And then things started happening, but, like, take what was happening before and, like, crank it up a notch. Oh, no. It always gets worse. Exactly. So, if I mean, if you could imagine, because this is pretty bad already, you yeah. know? So, Alan said whenever he would come home from work, he felt like someone was watching him or as if, like, they had been waiting for him. Like, just no. something about it was just like, oh, you're home type thing. And... One night, they had someone come and watch their kids for a night. When Alan and Debbie came back, the babysitter said that they were horrified because the babysitter and the kids were gathered around the kitchen table playing a board game, and one of the chairs started to rock on its own and, like, bounce around, and then it just stopped. No. So she's like, "You, you or, I'm sorry, I just... The babysitter, I don't know if it's a he or she. I just said she. But okay. so the babysitter was like, never call me again. <laughs> like, absolutely <laughs> not. Um, so another night, Debbie and Alan woke up to the sound of one of their daughters giggling. And it was 2 a.m. So they said, oh God. why are you still awake? Go to bed. Like, they thought they would find her playing with toys or something. And she said she was hearing the voices in the walls and Debbie and Alan are like, what did you just say? Like, I'm sorry, what? And she looks at them and goes, don't you hear it? 
no no <laughs> no me goosebumps everywhere oh, i hate god. it oh my god so a different night Alan was saying goodnight to the girls and he saw a black fog appear and he heard a voice say to him you're dead oh my god <laughs> so it horrible horrible like this is just like an absolute nightmare i can't mm-hmm. imagine no no so one night in december their son was sleeping on the couch and he said it was because he liked the christmas tree and to be honest it was probably because he didn't want to sleep in his room because it was haunted it was haunted and he honestly like the christmas spirit probably kept him safe i don't know right and then he heard his name being called and again he saw this old woman surrounded by fire so he starts screaming which i would do too and he said he didn't want to live here anymore he was like terrified so Alan was sort of at his breaking point, and he yells to the entity, basically, to pick on someone his own size, leave my children alone if you're going to, if if you think you're so tough, why don't you fight me instead? Oh, no. Like, classic. It, it's just, like. Don't provoke. Don't. D- you don't call out to it. Like, right. you do not give it the energy. Yeah. I, no. Sir. So the entity was like, okay, bet. Challenge accepted. <laughs> Uh, you want to play? Like, I'm here to play. I- I'm not here to make friends. <laughs> I'm here for the right reasons. So one night, Alan was working a night shift, and he got home late. So he, they had, like, a detached garage. And he said that he was walking up to the house, and he heard the wind howling. But he realized it was a still, quiet winter night. Like, none of the trees were moving. Like, Mm. there was no reason for the wind to be blown because there was nothing. So he thought that was really ominous. And then he heard a voice say to him, come here. So he kept hearing, come here. So Alan thought that, like, someone was behind the garage, like, effing with him. Oh, my god! So he, like, went back there. He's like, someone's trying to scare me. Like, I'm going to get down to the bottom of this. And... There wasn't anyone. He circled around like the entire house, the entire property. There was nothing. So then he gets back to like, you know, by the front of the house. And then he looks and he noticed an orange red glow coming from the garage. And it was on fire. (gasps) And he saw red glowing eyes staring at him from within the fire. So he runs into the house. He gets a fire extinguisher which I'm glad we have now. I'm not saying we have a demon in our house, but he went to grab the fire extinguisher. He was freaking out, and he runs outside, and there was no fire. Like, there was no burn marks. Like, nothing was, like, nothing. But he's like, I know what I saw. And there, he was just like, I I can't. Like, absolutely not. So the family all started to sleep in one room because, as you know, it's not just easy to get up and move no matter how horrible it is, which is awful. Because, I mean, they were all scared and Debbie hated being home alone. Mm. But, you know, he had to work. So whenever he had to work a night shift, because that's when things got bad, like during the day it was okay. But if he had to work a night shift, they had a family member come over and help out. So whether it was grandma or a cousin Mm. or what have you. So thank you, family. And, like, all the family members, too, were pretty skeptical. They were like, no, like, no, no, no. Yeah. And sure enough, one night, an entity manifested itself, and they saw, like, the witch 
the fire, like the whole shebang, like manifest in front of them. So Debbie like packed everything up. She packed a bag. She threw all the kids in the car. Like, I mean, she buckled them like, you know, <laughs> right. get in the car. Um, and they were like, absolutely. I can't do this. So they left and they were done. So shortly after they correlated the haunting to the bunk beds, they're like, none of this happened bunk beds haunted bunk beds like so random uh, such a weird attachment yeah like did like a house burn down and those bunk beds were like yeah maybe i don't know i don't know the story of it but they had the bunk beds taken to a local dump to be destroyed because they're like we do not want this like ending up which is so nice you know like they're like we don't want this like to end up anywhere else we don't want we would not want that to happen with anyone and it was the classic like if it didn't happen to me i wouldn't have believed it and they moved uh they sold their home for a a loss because Mm. you know things in town started to like circulate and it was like you know uh but they're like i don't care at this point so the Tallmans never had another experience after that. Oh, good. And then another family moved into the home, and they didn't experience anything either. Wow. But the thing that is notable is a lot of the times when you hear, like, extreme cases like this, you're like, oh, my God, it must be a hoax. But the the priest believed them. They had a sheriff, like, talk to them, and he believed that, like, mm-hmm. they did not – want any media attention they did not want the spotlight on them by any means they turned down like a bunch of media stories or like even the rights to like their story Mm -hmm. they're like absolutely not which i think is pretty remarkable because it's like you know you could sell that to hollywood and or and they're like no like i do not want like my family to be in like we don't want to relive this so they didn't want it sensationalized. They just wanted to keep it safe. And it wasn't a window of opportunity for them to jump on. Or it wasn't like a, oh, yeah, my house is haunted. Look, like, Zach Baggins, come over. Like, see my haunted house. Look at me throw this vase. You know? <laughs> right, so right. Uh, they did eventually agree to be on the OG, the original Unexplained Mysteries from, mm. like, the 80s and 90s. But they kept their identities like private like they didn't show their faces they didn't mention any of their kids names I'm not sure if that was like their actual names Mm -hmm. they didn't say whether it was like a pseudonym or not but they are just like no like we're this is our story and we don't want to like profit off of it because it was horrible oh my god which I respect but um yeah their like identities were not revealed they there hasn't like been follow-ups or they basically said like we never had anything happen like that again the bunk beds were destroyed so hopefully like the energy that was attached to it is gone now like and they're just glad that people are safe now but that one's pretty spooky that's super spooky and i hate it (laughs) you're welcome (laughs) thank you yeah anytime the bunk beds of doom so random I know, like bunk. You you look at it and you're like, oh my god, yeah, I want the top bunk, and then right. it's like, no, 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 no. You don't want any of it. No, I I hate it. I hate everything about it. I hate the idea of like an old witch. I don't know, yeah. like anything mm. could be haunted. Literally anything. Yeah. Wow. Ugh. 
it's it's weird to think about I don't know yeah. like you could just I mean I thrift in antiques so often I'm oh yeah you know could be anything one of these days knock I don't on wood knock on wood I don't know but like I think I wouldn't think of bunk beds though you know because it's right. like it's not like it's like, oh my gosh, like this wine cabinet or like that paint. It's not like a, a small thing. It's like, mm-hmm. this is a bed. Like right. I've never heard of a haunted bed. Yeah. It's okay. Like a haunted room. Like if someone died in that room. Right. But a bed. Right. Maybe. Here's a theory. It's kind of dark, but like what if like there was a, because bunk beds are obviously like for kids mm. unless you're in college, but it's like, what if like a demonic entity like knew it would be like for like an innocent to feed off that energy or to like get it to trust them Mm -hmm. but like that entity did a bad job because it's like oh I'm a scary spooky witch instead of like I'm your friend right you know but I don't know maybe maybe I could see that wow ew ew okay um oh gosh well do you have any paranormal objects let us know Email us <laughs> at theinsomniareport at gmail.com and let us know and we can do a listener episode. We are so close, y'all. We just y'all. need a couple more. Mm, we love it. We've been talking about it for a while. Help us make it happen. Otherwise, thank you so much for listening to episode 41. Thank you. We hope you had a good time. We're really scared. I have to go get my laundry in our haunted basement, so that'll oh. be neat. Well, get your sage. Uh, Stay safe. We would like to thank the artists that have helped us. Our music is composed by Colin Whitlish, and music production is by Justin Toom. And our cover art is by Erica Chase. I'm Margo. And I'm Elizabeth. I know that you said the email address, but would you like to tell them where else they can find us? You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts, and yeah, send us an email, y'all. It means a lot. It really does. And tune in next time for a classroom report once our little break is over. Yeah. We look forward to seeing you then. Stay safe. Stay spooky. Stay sleepy. And take care, y'all. Thanks for being here. Good night. Good night.